You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is Series 3, Episode Number 14 for Wednesday, May the 10th, 2023. J.J. Sefton here, along with my good friend, colleague, and co-blogger, CBD. CBD, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and uh, all bases covered. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, I got a bit, bit of a cold, so uh, I probably sound a little bit too much like a duck. But aside from that, I'm doing well. Um, I, I do have a little bit of a uh, public service announcement, and that is never buy General Electric products. I'm trying to fix a washing machine, which uh, after three visits from the GE warranty mechanics uh, still leaks. And uh, a call to the GE uh, customer service people resulted in me cursing under my breath and promising that I would never buy one of their products ever again. It's just ridiculous. I'm trying to take the goddamn thing apart, and it's such a pain in the ass. It's so unnecessarily complex that what should have been a 15-minute job is, has taken me a couple of hours. Uh, the plus side is that the Rust-Oleum paint, the uh, Rust-Oleum uh, whatever, the that white crap that they, uh, they sell in, in spray cans works wonderfully. So uh, at least I got rid of some of the rust. Anyway... <laughs> I'll, I'll stop well, talking about nonsense. General defective is, is more like it, but I wouldn't. I would not throw out the thing altogether quickly because, from what I understand, the Biden junta has yet again instituted more wonderful uh, edicts about uh, our, our uh, you know dishwashers and soon to be washing machines to make them even more carbon neutral, carbon friendly, and completely useless. So I think you should probably hold on to that for just for a little while longer, if for no other reason than you sell the spare parts on the black market before uh, Merrick Garland arrests you for a war profiteering or something. There you go. Anyway. But, you know, what's uh, interesting about uh, that point is that the, the water consumption in American homes is dwarfed by the water consumption in business and manufacturing. You know, making the ability to wash one's clothing problematic is a triviality in in consumption of water in the United States. The issue, of course, is that we are not building infrastructure to increase our storage capacity. California being the perfect example of that, they haven't built significant storage capacity in 40 years, and their population has gone up and up and up. It's their fault. They have record snowpack this year, and by August, they'll be whining about drought. Anyway, yes. you were saying. <laughs> I was, yes, before we went off on a complete tangent and before I go off on Gavin Newsom's insanities, there is another insanity that's going on and hit really close to home for me because, as many of you know, I am a na- native New Yorker and recently, uh, almost a year now, I have now been living in the wonderful state of Wisconsin, which hopefully you know, hopefully it doesn't go blue. But be that as it may, it's a hell of a lot of an improvement over New York State and New York City in particular. And an incident happened, a rather tragic and horrible incident happened on the New York City subway um, over, I believe it was on Monday or, yeah, no, it was last week. What am I saying? A week ago, Monday, where a, a crazy psycho homeless person who you wouldn't know that he was a crazy psycho homeless person who has a rap sheet a mile long. They describe him as a um, a wonderful Michael Jackson impersonator. What had to be restrained when he literally started threatening passengers on the train by a Marine who was named uh, Daniel Penny. And when Mr. Penny got him in a chokehold just to restrain him, unfortunately, this uh, individual died uh, of asphyxiation while he was uh, under um, being being restrained until the police could get there to take him away. And of course, um, the usual uh, suspects have gone absolutely ballistic 
uh, such as this Lopecia Presley and Titicaca AOC and all the other Marxists who are complaining and, and screaming that this is a lynching and it's an example of white supremacy. And of course, the reason they're doing that is because uh, it's almost riot season. And in order to distract us from the destruction of the Biden hunter, we, we, we must have another race riot happening to destroy whatever the heck is not destroyed of New York City. And uh, hopefully that uh, unrest will lead us, uh, like the George Floyd uh, unrest that swept the nation in 2020, can carry us into 2024 and give uh, give the Democrats uh, uh, fire up their base while they fire up while they fire up the downtowns across America. But this is insanity. When when you decriminalize crime and you you basically make uh, the ordinary citizen the criminal and a prisoner in his own city and in his own home. And uh, he has the gall to fight back. And unfortunately, in this case, take the life of the assailant. Uh, Not that I'm really weeping for the assailant in this case, which I'm not, but uh, the unfortunate result of this, all of a sudden, this is reason, this is to be expected. And they, they bemoan the rise of vigilantism. It's not even vigilantism, it's self-defense. But of course, the, the major crime, according to this junta, is now if you try to defend your life, whether with a gun or with a knife or with whatever, you will be targeted by the junta for termination. This is madness. It is absolutely madness. And, and the tone from the left is such that it is pushing the very quiet, you know, sort of uh, typical American toward what is lawlessness. But in the absence of, of any significant I'm, – I'm trying to think of a good word to describe – society, I guess uh, just at normal society, but in the absence of a normal society, lawlessness is going to become more common. And the problem for the bad guys is that there are a lot more good guys out there. And things like what happened on the subway last week is going to happen more and more and more. Daniel Penny did nothing wrong. Uh, he was assisted by a couple of other guys. He just happened to be the one who was trying to control this thug with an arm around his neck. It's unfortunate that the thug died. It doesn't surprise me. Thugs die. You know, they do bad things and eventually they they get caught up in violence that ends their lives. Doesn't bother me at all. Should happen more and more and more. And it will happen more and more and more. Unfortunately, it will happen at the hands of good people. And those good people will be pilloried by the, oh boy, give me a good word to describe the scum who are running our law enforcement nowadays. Uh, I'm trying to be polite, and I can't be. Well, anyway, everybody the, knows what we're talking about. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the Soros. It's it's the, the charge is being led by the the, the uh, Soros prosecutors, who, whose idea of an equitable law enforcement state is penalizing the innocent and allowing the guilty to go free. For those who are wholly unaware, the the particular Soros uh, Nazi collaborator and convicted criminal George Soros installed puppet who was running the district attorney's office in New York is none other than none other than a gentleman named Alvin Bragg. And as we all know, Alvin Bragg is prosecuting, guess who? Donald Trump for the 34 counts of the no charge of the uh, crime of uh, having a non-disclosure agreement for this uh, Stormy Daniels, from which now the, the statute of limitations has even run out. Of. But this is craziness. And what happened, this is not beyond just Donald Trump. The prosecuting of citizens for defending themselves, because supposedly we uh, the the criminal justice system is racist, inherently racist, and systematically unjust, and is designed to uh, you know as they claim, and this is the most outrageous blood libel that it's uh, it was designed and still is in effect to keep black people as slaves and in their place. 
is ridiculous. And so the idea is to the quote unquote decarceration movement and defunding the police movement uh, is to is sort of supposedly end white supremacy, which is which is insane and ridiculous on on the face of it, if you have just a half a brain to analyze that. But there was an incident a, a while back where there was a bodega owner in New York, I believe upper Manhattan or even in the Bronx named Jose Alba. And some psycho came into his store and tried to rob him, I believe, at knife point. The two got into it and Alba was able to literally take a knife and stabbed the uh, the assailant in the neck and killed him. And what did Alvin Bragg do? Clear case of self-defense on Alba's part. He charged him or wanted to charge Alba with murder. And so this is crazy. Plus, in the mix of this thing of going down in, in the subway just that happened last week, uh, the Marine was white and the victim was black. So you add that toxic mix to the whole thing, and now you have you, you have the recipe for, for race riots, and that's exactly what they want. They do not want a just and stable law to preserve the civil society, which I think maybe that was the phrase you were looking for. They're looking to foment unrest, to keep the people off balance. And ultimately, I think what they want to do, and the calculation is that violence in the streets will become so rampant and so horrible that people will be screaming for the government to, quote unquote, do something to end this crisis. And ultimately, the something that they that they are hoping will be done is that people will be, uh, as Jefferson warned us, willing to give up some of their freedom for security. And in the end of the day, what will they have? They'll have neither of those things. And then we will have a we'll have we will have law and order because we'll have the law and order of a basically a fascistic Marxist police state that keeps everybody down. This is where it's headed. If things remain the same. CBD. I think I've lost CBD. CBD. Are yes, you that's me. Uh, I should probably turn my mic back on after I cough. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I know. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. I, I agree with you completely, Sefton. Kurt Schlichter wrote an article about this just a few days ago. I'll read you the first line. There's a war going on against our sacred right to self-defense, and we need to defend that right ruthlessly and vigorously against the communists want us living in fear it's exactly 100 percent correct what they are trying to do is take away autonomy from the typical american and replace it with total dependence on the state if we cannot defend ourselves using guns fists bats whatever is required based on the situation then we have to look to the government for help and when the government ruthlessly attempts to destroy anyone who acts in self-defense it's obvious that that is their goal as you pointed out, it's happening in New York City. It's going to happen in other places. The question, however, is will the American people put up with it? And my most fervent hope is that no, they will not. And in many, many parts of this country, they don't put up with it. They will. They have never put up with it, and they will not put up with it. If you recall back in the uh, wonderful summer of love, uh, of the, <laughs> as we call it, of 2020, where uh, about uh, scores of American cities were turned into Dresden uh, due to the, the death of this, this other character, George Floyd, who did not die and was not murdered by policemen. He was he died while resisting arrest and because he swallowed his stash of fentanyl because he didn't want to go to prison for a third strike felony of passing of having drugs and also passing uh, counterfeit twenty dollar bills. But be that as it may, when these riots were breaking out all over the country, a gentleman by the name of Kyle Rittenhouse, a young man of about 17 or 18, found himself in Wisconsin, luckily in Wisconsin, I should say, or uh, in Kenosha. And when the riots were happening there, he was literally almost was almost killed by two or three Antifa thug goon terrorists. And he had an AR-15. He shot. I believe he killed one and maimed another one. Thank goodness for that, that he took out the trash. But 
it was clear self-defense. It's on videotape what happened, but he was nonetheless tried. They tried to railroad him and, and sentence him. Uh, and, you know, if they haven't ruined his life already, he miraculously was acquitted of the charges, which was which was a miracle. But these incidents are going to happen regardless of what the situation is. Of course, uh, when you have demonstrations, uh, it, how everything is just so it's turned so topsy turvy where. You know, the song uh, Sympathy for the Devil, where uh, every cop is a criminal and all the sinners are saints. When we have this learn this this happening in our land right now, yeah, we are headed for we're headed for disaster. And if people do not have the right of self-defense, again, as you say, CBD, as Kurt, as Kurt Schlichter says, would be it with a gun, with a knife, with your fists, with with whatever to protect life, limb and property. We have nothing. Then people will be screaming for somebody to protect them. And uh, the government will come in and protect you. All right. They'll uh, they'll take away all your freedom. And I think this is also they're going to try to use this thing, I think, as a pretext again to try to, as they always do, to take away guns, because the number one thing of having firearms is not just for your own self-protection, but it's also to protect you from a from the ultimate firewall against a, a, a tyrannical government. That is the purpose of the Second Amendment. So by any means necessary, these people are going to are gunning, quote unquote, for our freedom, whether it's with the guns or with the, taking away the right of self-defense, which is life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. You get rid of that. And, uh, and then what do you have? Oh, you have New York City and you have San Francisco and you have Seattle and you have Portland. You have the blue hellholes in this country, which are descending into madness. Right. New York City, I, I'll, you know, I, my wife and I were planning on having dinner with some relatives and it was obvious that we were not going to meet them in New York City. And the reason is that it's simply not safe. Has it descended into, uh, you know, Somalia? No, not yet. And the odds are that everything would be fine. But I don't like playing those kinds of odds, especially when I have no recourse to in self-defense. Because if, if I were to bring a gun into New York City, I would go to jail. Not the bad guys who carry guns all the time or who possess guns all the time, but the honest person who simply wants to get out of New York City alive. They go to jail. Yeah, it's you know it's fine. I I let off saying that it that uh, and I neglected to mention why that this uh, story hits hit particularly close to home for me. Not just because I'm from New York City, but the incident happened at the Broadway Lafayette train station, uh, which is literally at the confluence of Soho, uh, Tribeca, and Greenwich Village, which are three of the Probably three of the toniest areas in the city, along with the upper upper east side, I should say, but three of the three of the most visited and big tourist attractions and so on and so forth, at least before the whole COVID lockdown thing was happening. And this is not happening in bad neighborhoods. It's happening literally, and it was in broad daylight on, on a on a Monday afternoon on on a train station that is you know considered or used to be, I would consider, you know, very, very safe and, and not a problem. And I used to live three blocks away from this subway station. So and the freaky thing is, I actually am planning on coming back to New York to visit family and I have no choice. They live on the Upper West Side. I have to go see them. It's going to be really, you know, now I just, you know, when I grew up of my era, I grew up in the 60s and 70s and, and what we consider the bad old days and. And people will say, well, New York is bad. It's dangerous. It's this. But you sort of you inure yourself to it because you grow up in it. But I think it's probably in many ways it's worse now than it than it than even back then, because at least then there were certain areas you kind of didn't go go to. You definitely did not ride the subways at night and certainly not a lot of the lines, but at least it was relatively, quote unquote, safe to ride in. And maybe I'm just sort of looking back in the past with rose colored uh, spectacles here. But 
I just look at today and what's going on and people being shoved onto the tracks. You have that terrorist in Brooklyn last year who, you know, who miraculously was shot 33 people and nobody, nobody was killed. Thank goodness. And uh, you have this happening. You have muggings, you have rapes, you have homeless derelicts being, you know, just dumped onto the streets. And this is another aspect of the story as I ramble on and on. It's the mental health issue. And they're claiming we need more money for mental health. We need it is so infuriating that over the years, the ACLU and the leftists had led the charge to empty our asylums because supposedly locking people up against their will, even though they were deranged and dangerous to themselves and the public at large, was somehow a violation of their constitutional rights to, you know, of, you know, to, to be free and to whatever, whatever they were inventing. And the irony here is they're unleashing this torrent of madness on the streets that people and people ha- can't defend themselves from it because it violates the civil rights of the individual when you when you kill them in self-defense. Worse you know, than that, are these, these people talking about like, like Lopecia, excuse me, and AOC, they, she actually called it a lynching. And I'm going, you people are playing with fire and you disgust me beyond my words to even describe it, because now you're just you're just turning it into racial arson here. That is despicable. Getting back to to the point about the mental health crisis in the United States, the concept is that crazy people have civil rights to be crazy is 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 crazy (laughs) is is insane. It's just nuts. The idea that mental illness is free will is absolutely 100 percent incorrect. Giving these people psychoactive drugs to calm the demons in their heads allows them to exercise their free will. Not doing that allows those demons to run roughshod over the rest of the country. That is the true evil of giving crazy people civil rights to be crazy. It's simply, it's it's just insane. What can I say? Like crazy Eddie, it's insane. And, And the other side of this is the push to decriminalize drug use and drug abuse. And not just marijuana, which I think is bad enough. But heavier stuff like like heroin and so on and so forth and other psychoactive chemicals that if crazy people are taking them, make them really crazy. I mean, especially look look at what's going on with the, the heroin problem and the fentanyl problem and all of these things. So on the one hand, I mean, it's it's us normal people that are caught holding the bag here. You dare protest and uh, you're a, a racist, a homophobe, you're a, you're a bigot and so on and so forth. I mean, I find it interesting that. The whole cannabis legalization issue is one of civil rights insofar as they claim that not having pot uh, legal is somehow racist against black people. If I were a black person, I would find that highly insulting. That is, that's, that's the argument, <laughs> the argument that they use. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. All you all you colored people. Uh, yeah. You're just a bunch of druggies. And so we're going to make that one of your civil rights. That really is offensive. But, you know, to, yeah. talk, talking about the the decriminalization of drugs or the use of drugs in public is interesting. You know, back in the early 80s, a guy named uh, James Wilson, I forgot his his co-author, but he wrote about something called the broken windows theory, which is now quite famous. And the, the point is that small, seemingly trivial crimes lead inexorably to significant crime. And that means that, you know, one broken window that isn't repaired leads to a second broken window and then 50 broken windows. You know, some guy shooting up on the corner when the cops don't deal with him, it means that in a week or two, five people will be shooting up on the corner. And that leads to rampant drug dealing and violent crime and, uh, you know, robbery and murder and so on and so forth. That's how it works. I think that it not only has been backed up by a 
significant amount of research, it, it makes perfect sense. And William Bratton, who was the police commissioner in New York in the 90s, and he and, and Mayor Giuliani acted on this and cleaned up New York rapidly. New York was a great, great place to be in the 90s. One other issue, which I think is different now than it was even in the, in the 70s and 80s when New York's crime was just awful, that is that you could walk up to a cop in the 70s and 80s and you knew you'd be okay. Nowadays, the cops are so afraid of acting essentially in anything other than, you know, looking like a, a, a street lamp and, you know, being a, a quiet and ineffectual presence on the street. They don't do anything. They don't do anything about crime. They just walk around. And, you know, you don't believe me? Take a walk through any neighborhood in New York City and you'll see the cops standing around doing nothing. Do I blame them? Yeah, sure. I sort of blame them. But they are not supported at all by the by the city government. In fact, they are the number one target. Uh, if anything bad happens. So I, I sort of get it. Plus the fact that with this whole, again, with the decrim, with the decarceration, with the war against cops, with the, you know, the, uh, the defund the police movement, you essentially prevent decent people from wanting the job. Uh, and who, who said, why do I need this hassle? Why do I, why am I, why do I want to paint a target on my back and not have people back me up when I do, when I have to defend myself or defend the public? It's not for me. I don't care about it. And everybody who's there now, who's sort of writing it out is just trying to, and I can't necessarily blame them, but I do in many instances, they're just trying to protect their, their ass, cover their ass and protect their, their, uh, their pension. So that when they get the hell out of Dodge, they don't get crucified for, for, you know, doing the right thing by like, by defending the citizenry and not trying to defend the criminals. I mean, there's a perfect example of, of this in that there was a, an incident, I think it was, uh, that was on YouTube or not on YouTube or on Twitter where, and I forgot who was, uh, maybe it was James Woods had this and it was on his channel. In West Hollywood, California, that wonderful place where they decided to replace police with social workers, <laughs> some guy was getting the shit beat out of him by someone. And you have these two shoes <laughs> with, you know, with uh, whistles and jackets. And they were just sort of looking nervously, completely, you know, they were just totally unfit, unphysical, non-threatening presence with little baseball caps and little windbreakers. And they were just they were social workers and they didn't do a darn thing to lift a finger because – First of all, they're probably scared shitless, like the, the guy who's getting the crap beat out of him. And plus the fact that what are they going to do? I mean, if they do anything, they're, you know, they'll be equally excoriated. So this is what's happening is to make people, the average citizen, feel like they are prisoners and they are merciless, both at the hands of criminals and of the government who, let's face it, the government is utilizing crime intentionally or not, or however you want to uh, phrase it, they're using the the situation of this crime wave, which they and their their acolytes have unleashed on on America's cities as a political terror weapon. I believe uh, Tucker Carlson, before he went off the air, or somebody mentioned it. The, the phrase is anarcho terrorism, and that's uh, not narco, but anarcho, a n a r c h o terrorist. And that's a, 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 essentially what's going on here: is that they are using this situation uh, as a means to uh, to cow the public into into surrendering their rights. Yes, and, you know, Schlicker as well. Exactly.
anyway, let's move on to our next uh, thrilling topic, um, and yes. that is we have hints that Hunter Biden is possibly in legal jeopardy. Now, the question uh, <laughs> Seth and I discussed before uh, we started recording is: Is that Kabuki theater? And I, I have to, I have to think that yes. Of course, it's Kabuki. They're not going to throw Hunter Biden in jail. They're not going to pop him for what he's really doing, which is acting as a conduit for tens of millions, perhaps hundreds of millions of dollars flowing from the corruptocrats in China and Ukraine and Russia and Zimbabwe and Sweden or wherever the hell they're getting their money through the the Biden uh, crime family, ultimately to the president of the United States, Joe Biden. It's it's not going to happen. Even if, first of all, it's I believe it's this representative who, you know, God bless him for shining the light on it and crowing about it. This guy, James Comer, not Comey, but James Comer. There is a difference, folks. Big one. It's not just oh, yeah. one letter. But James Comer, who's a rep from Kentucky, is uh, really trying to go after and, and expose all this stuff. But the problem here is that you have, you know, a justice system that is controlled by literally it's the deep state i mean is merrick garland gonna act independently and appoint some kind of a special prosecutor to go after hunter biden not a shot in hell my folks especially not perhaps in an election year where forget about whether whether it dings biden or not which in a normal circumstance it would it'll ding any democrat that's associated with it and uh it's just not going to happen the deep state protects its own it doesn't matter what they do the proof positive of all this is that these crimes what they did, and plus not just the DOJ, but now you go into uh, this letter that was uh, by Morell, Michael Morell, I believe his name was, from the CIA, who had all these 51, you know, uh, spooks and, and freaks and geeks from the CIA and the FBI concoct this letter claiming that the Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. Now all of a sudden we know it isn't disinformation, but that doesn't get covered. So you have a complete corrupt uh, legal system, justice, criminal justice system, intelligence system, and so on and so forth down the line that the only thing that they are interested in protecting uh, are their sinecures, the money that they are able to extort from, whether it's the taxpayer or foreign governments, to keep themselves in power. That is what they are sworn to doing. And to take down Hunter Biden means to convict them as well. And it just ain't going to happen. I, I, I don't see it. Uh, it's great that it's coming to light, but the only thing it's going to do is it's going to, you know, I think, cause the, the, the propagandists in the media from claiming, again, it's Russian disinformation. And uh, James Comer is a, is, a, you know, is a Trump flunky and he's just uh, flinging dirt. And it doesn't mean anything. And uh, let's go on to the next thing. Be nice to think that something happens from it, but yeah, I, I kind of tend to think that just, you know, if, if history teaches us anything, this just, this just ain't going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. One of the most irritating parts of this whole thing is that um, yeah, everybody knows that, I, that I'm that i a bit of a gun enthusiast and I purchase uh, weapons uh, occasionally. And there's a, uh, a firearms transaction record called the 4470. I think it's the 4473. And there are a bunch of questions on it to figure out whether you're a bad guy or a good guy. And one of the questions is, and I'm paraphrasing it, but essentially, are you a drug addict? Do you take illicit drugs? Let's see, marijuana, depressants, stimulants, narcotics, uh, or any other controlled substance? And if you answer no, you don't get your gun. That's the way it works. You know, every federal firearms licensee understands that if somebody checks I'm, I'm sorry, if you check yes, you're not going to get your gun. And it, it's illegal to lie on this form. It's a felony. It's a federal felony. 
And they send people to jail for this kind of stuff, even when it's simply a mistake. And they take away people's licenses to sell weapons if you know some simple clerical error ends up as a as a, the wrong answer on one of these forms. Hunter Biden is obviously a goddamn drug addict, and yet the federal government is not going to do much about him lying. It's a goddamn felony. He should be in jail for this. And yet we have the, as you discussed, the administrative state has decided that a man who has broken the law is not going to be charged. Yeah, it's, and it's not it's not even just that, that he broke the law. He broke a, feder- a serious federal yeah. law. And now you take all of these things that he and Joe and, and you know, SpongeBrain shit pants are, are accused of and compare them to the crimes, quote unquote, uh, supposedly of Donald Trump. And he's done nothing. Donald Trump just got convicted uh, with this uh, E. Jean Carroll rape case. They threw out the rape charge, but they charged him with, uh, I don't know, a sexual assault well, or something. A, yeah, it's or, a civil. It's a civil case. Civil let's, case. Let's, let's, make, let, let's make that clear. It's a civil. Yeah. Case. And the and fact is, he wasn't. Yeah. And they figured, well, yeah. we don't like we don't like Donald Trump. So we're going to convict him of something. Right, exactly. Plus the fact that the January 6th, the Proud Boys were railroaded and they're using now on conspiracy charges to commit insurrection. Total crock of shit. And they're going to use that to go after Trump, of course. Whether you whether you like Trump or DeSantis or whoever for is irrelevant. The fact that they're going to do this and railroad him. Meanwhile, and I've said this numerous, numerous times and I cannot stress it enough. Joe Biden is arguably the most crooked person to ever hold a public office legitimately or illegitimately in this country at any level in American history. I defy anybody to find somebody more crooked, both in terms of the, the, the money that he extorted and stolen and how it was done, meaning selling his office. And that by the time he got to oh, be wait, senator. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, hold on one second. I yep. I'm being completely unfair to Hillary Clinton. Okay. Now that's why I said that's no no that's why that and her grab that, oh, but that's why I said much much more elegant but, than than oh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden's a, a sleazy little Delaware politician who who just got big enough to to get some 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 but here's the thing seven here's eight figure payments. Hillary okay. from the very beginning planned this out. Her her foundation. My God, it's probably they've probably taken in a billion dollars so far, and and she's pocketed half of it. You're that's why I said that, that, that's why that's why I say arguably. But you're right. <laughs> Hillary, Hillary Clinton and Bill. And this goes back. And, and I and God, my God bless my parents mem- memory. I remember when they when they first jumped onto the scene running for president. She goes, oh, boy, this one's this. This one's a criminal. And she just spotted she goes, she, and my, my mother's words. Exactly. She's just he and the husband. They gone the entire state of Arkansas. And with the whole whitewater deal, and I'll never forget this was so horrible. Now we're going off on tangents with the Clintons, but when they owned this uh, the, this land uh, scam, they were selling land to elderly people for their retirement homes. And this little codicil was like, if you were late with one payment on your mortgage, they can just literally confiscate the whole thing without any giving you a refund. And that's what they did. They did that and all of these things, which are so horrible. And that's, I mean, God, that's that's penny ante stuff compared to you know Loral Space Industries and. Uh, uh, you know, Wenho Lee, that whole thing. Oh, my God. And Uranium One and so on and so on and so on. So, yeah, maybe Hillary Clinton. I just, you know, I just think of Joe Biden because Joe Biden's been in public office and public life for, you know, for more than 50 years at every level. But I only think of Hillary Clinton as, you know, uh, Bill's uh, Bill's beard and, you know, basically the senator from New York and the secretary of state. But, yeah, she uh, 
Yeah, she she ran the family. She was uh, yeah, she she ran that crime family. I don't think even Bill Clinton ran it. I think it was her. But yeah, maybe maybe I stand corrected. But yep, number here, two, here's the, the, the grand number philosophical difference between dildo and Sefton is uh, <laughs> 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 who's the bigger crook? Damn it! Who's the, you know, who's it's the you look back in into American history, and and Teapot Dome was probably the Too most big. famous, and maybe maybe the biggest. I I you know I, who knows which was the biggest scandal and if you read about this was 100 years ago folks it was something about oil reserves in wyoming Wyoming, um and somebody was selling them and and you know getting a kickback or something like that it's nothing this is nothing reality compared to what is going on now it is this is a rounding error compared to the graft that occurs in 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 Washington today, um, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond just, the, just the insider trading in Congress is is oh, unbelievable. I, I've probably talked about this before, but congressmen are exempt from insider trading rules. Things that would get me sent to jail, they get to do every single day, and that's just the beginning of it. My thing with Biden, and also with Hillary Clinton and the Clintons in general, is that the money they made was not just graft like teapot dome on something that's. If you want, for lack of a better word, not, not necessarily significant to our daily lives. But when you start selling America's uranium stocks, when you start trading in foreign policy decisions of whether or not to uh, give our allies arms and to give weapons to, to enemies and let them do their thing or to give uh, missile secrets to the Chinese and nuclear secrets that give them an advantage, uh, that gives them parity with us when we were way ahead of them. That's something else entirely. That is literally, you know, that's that goes way beyond money in, in my estimation. And the Bidens and the Clintons and a bunch of other people are, are, are absolutely guilty of that. No doubt in my mind. But of course, Rosaki circling back to Hunter Biden. No, he's he's, he's going to walk. He's going to there's no way they're going to charge if yeah. he gets anything. He's not the only person that's going to go down is this um, associate, not Bobolinsky, the other guy who is now under the gun. Uh, Devin is it is it Devin Archer? I think that's his name. Who was an, a business associate of them? He's going to be the fall guy for this. Of course, now they're saying. Uh, remember, I think it was Miranda Devine had a, a column in the Post saying that you know Devin Archer is the only alternative now he has is to is to spill the beans on the Biden family. And if you think they're going to let that happen, uh, yeah, that ain't going to happen. He's, yeah, he's going to have dinner with the Epstein's and uh, and with Vince Foster rather than than, uh, than that happening. So. Yeah. Speaking of Kabuki, um, we have yes. a debt limit increase fight coming up in, in Congress. And is that the second act of Kabuki Theater in Washington nowadays? Unfortunately, I think it is. I kind of I agree with you on that. I got to say, I give Kevin McCarthy, you know, for his record beforehand when I guess what's his name, when he was sort of an underling to both, you know, John Boehner and then I guess what's his name, Paul Ryan. And uh, Eric Hanner, when he was sort of an underling and a toady, he was that that's what he was. We just sort of I considered him Renfield to uh, to them. But but in any event, he's shown a little bit of backbone with first with releasing the forty four thousand hours of tapes to Tucker Carlson, which I thought was fantastic. And uh, now yesterday, he basically told uh, Rashida Taliban, this uh, Jew hating a uh, looking faced uh, Muslim from uh, from Michigan, that he's not going to allow her to hold this uh, 
anti-Jewish, anti-Israel hate fest uh, uh, to to commemorate Israel's uh, founding, which they called the catastrophe or the Nakba. So that's good. Plus, now with this debt ceiling thing, to go right to the to the meat of the biscuit uh, here, the meat of the issue, or the crux of the biscuit, is that he's standing firm. He says, "Look, no, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to agree to raise our raise the debt, which is bad enough, I guess, but a one and a half trillion if." You give me these cuts and the, the ball is in Joe Biden's court and he refuses to do this. And of course, the, the press is having a field day with this going, uh, you know, why will Repu- why are Republicans holding America hostage? Why are Republicans? Not? And it's like totally not that. And it's Joe Biden. Whether you agree with this or not, whether, whether it has any significance to our economy, which who the hell knows if it does or doesn't at this stage. But I give McCarthy credit for at least trying this and we'll see if he holds fast or if he fails. And the thing is, as our friend Joe Mannix had pointed out and others have pointed out, if we do default on this, you know, there's going to be pain. There's definitely going to be pain and and some suffering, but it can't be any worse necessarily than what we're going through now. And in the end, it's a good thing because it'll force the fucking government, pardon my French, to at least minimally, temporarily to get its act together. And meanwhile, Janet Yellen and, uh, and, and Biden is even going on about using the 14th Amendment to just unilaterally seize the power of the purse from the legislature to raise the debt. Now, if this tells you the situation that America is no longer America, then if it doesn't tell you that, then I don't know what will. Uh, wow. <laughs> With like, that, let's take a little break and. Uh... <laughs> and we'll come back to more wonderful news. Yeah. <laughs> back for our final segment of the Cut Chip Newsletter uh, Speaks podcast. J.J. Sefton with CBT and CBT. Before we move on, I think you wanted to make a point about uh, debt and GDP and all that kind of good stuff. Well, the, the idea behind a budget, obviously, is that you know how much you're going to spend and, and, and how much it's going to increase or decrease. And that's one of the reasons why Congress is terrified of, of actually submitting a budget to the president, because they don't want to be on paper as being profligate with our money. But the idea, if you know, even in you know, what are, what are we, thirty-one trillion dollars in debt? The idea is that if you simply stop the increase, the economy will grow. Even Joe Biden can't fuck up our economy so badly that it won't grow forever. So you know, we get, let's say, we get a a two percent growth per year which would indicate that that taxes would grow by 2% each year. We can grow ourselves out of trouble, but that means that they would have to stop spending in deficit, and they can't do that. That is the issue. The issue is not one-off things, even like the, you know the COVID fiasco. Yeah, they pissed away $2 trillion, but in an otherwise healthy economy, that would be manageable. It'd be a pain in the ass, but it would be manageable. Unfortunately, Congress is incapable of turning off the spigot because they simply kick it down, kick it down the street. They're kicking the can down the street just a little bit longer. Eventually, what's going to happen, and we're seeing it now, interest rates are rising from essentially zero to five plus percent. And the portion of the federal budget going to debt relief or or paying off bondholders has become 
untenable. And if the Fed keeps raising those rates, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And there are going to be some very, very difficult decisions that have to be made in the future. And they won't make them. And so we will keep bumping up the debt ceiling. We will keep borrowing and keep borrowing and keep borrowing. And and boy, I don't see any answer to this. I'm no. just going to stop talking now. Right. But the political and just to put a put the put the underscore on this, that the political machinations of this whole thing is that Democrats view and, you know, whatever, use government as this means to sort of, I, I, you know, we, we call it Uncle Sugar, Rush Limbaugh, rest in peace, called the, you know, the Democrats are the party of uh, Santa Claus and all these goodies. And the thing is, oh, the Republicans are going to cut your food. They're going to take money and food out of your baby's mouths. They're going to kick grandma down the stairs. They're going to get rid of all of this stuff. And it's the most ridiculous thing to even think of. The government is not there to provide these things. You are supposed to be there, ha, 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 to provide for yourself. Or at least you were supposed to. That was, that was the original intention. But the fact of the matter is, when they cut, when they talk about spending cuts. There never are any spending cuts. The only thing that ever gets cut is the rate of growth at which we borrow and spend. So who knows if this is going to be for real or if it isn't for real. Somewhere down the road, this, this madness has to stop. And if you think that trillions of dollars of, of wasted money and entitlements and all this are bad now, what's happening tomorrow is, uh, as we segue into the next subject, is the end of Title 42, which put a sort of a tiny little damper on the non-existent southern border by keeping people out under the pretense of the COVID emergency. But now that the COVID emergency is over, we have close to a million uh, third world peasants literally on the southern border waiting for Joe Biden to blow his whistle and say, come on in, folks, and get all the entitlements and make sure you register Democrat. And that is not just the one million that are there now, but forever and ever and ever. And that will totally destroy us both culturally and financially. And and in every way, shape, and form imaginable. This is reaching a, a, a crisis point of un- unbelievable proportions right now. What's fascinating to me is that Biden himself said that there's going to be a period of border chaos until things calm down. Now, uh, you know, forgive me, maybe I'm wrong, but the, one of the basic functions of the federal government is to prevent exactly that sort of thing. And he blithely admits that uh, he's an t- incredible fuck up, can't do his job. And we're just going to have to suffer through the chaos at the border. Right. The, the reality that, yeah. is that uh, th- this is happening regardless of Title 42 or or any fake efforts on the part of the Biden administration. They're letting them in. Everybody knows this. They're letting them in. They want them to be distributed throughout the country to dilute red states and to 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 back up blue state voting. And it's simply a matter of time before the demographics of America is overwhelmed by a bunch of illiterate, pro-government, anti-freedom wetbacks who are going to destroy this country. They're well on their way to doing it. And I see no answer to this other than about 20 years of a hard-assed, anti-immigrant president or series of presidents. And we're not going to get that. The the, the wet dream of mine, uh, aside from, you know, and Margaret. But the, 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 the dream of mine of this, the, the easiest way to stop this, if you really wanted to stop this, and I wrote about it this morning on the morning report, you know, you got about, here are just the basic things. Number one, seal the damn border. Uh, number two, put a, a moratorium on all immigration for a period of at least 20 years. Three, get rid of, multi, of uh, multilingualism, bilingualism, and people must learn to speak the English language. English language. Um, three, you want huge one. 
no, no welfare, no benefits, no nothing from this government for anybody coming in here illegally. So four, ramp up deport deportations. I don't care how long you've been here. I don't care if you have children here. It doesn't matter. Uh, you broke our law. You go. And if, it, if it's a, a hardship on your children, well, guess what? That's on you because you caused it. Uh, all of these things, if you, and no remittances, you know, tax remittances, if you could do it, if it's legal, 90% going, going out of the country. Um, all of these things, just if you just did that alone, uh, you know, you wouldn't even need to, to secure the border because people would self-deport and they'd leave the country. The other big thing is punish employers who knowingly and willingly hire illegal aliens and, and confiscate their goods, confiscate their businesses and throw them in federal prison for periods of you know, five years for illegal, per illegal alien that you hire. You will watch how fast this situation solves itself. But of course, you know, it's not just the Democrats. It's big business that wants cheap labor. And it's uh, all of these people that, uh, you know, for whether it's to make a buck off the destruction of America or the people who want to destroy America by diluting our, our culture and by ensuring themselves that they have a permanent voting majority, it all leads to the same thing, straight to hell. Well, speaking of defending the border, uh, yes. <laughs> we have we have a, uh, a young gentleman in the United States uh, named Harry Windsor, and he is here on a visa. Even royalty needs visas to come into the United States. And uh, apparently the all visas that are used by the United States require some mention, some some disclosure of drug use. And uh, apparently Prince Harry lied. Because he wouldn't have gotten in had he told the truth about his rampant hard drug use while, you know, over the last who the hell knows. So I think that we should start defending the border by deporting this useless piece of shit out of our country. The problem is the Brits don't want him back. Well, yeah, that's (laughs) isn't that amazing? I mean, think about that. Think about how pathetic the. British royal family is right now. I mean, the the damn king of England is. Oh, I mean, I mean he's a moron. He's an overbitten, inbred Saxa Coburg yeah. chucklehead with hemophilia and delusions of whatever, and, and wanting to be a Muslim. And he <laughs> says Harry's a fuck up, which is just incredible to me. <laughs> and yet we let him into our country. So step what a, number what one: country. defending the border. Throw Harry Windsor out. Right, and his and his uh, and his messed up of a wife, uh, Farkle Markle or whatever the hell, right, right along with him. She can go to have fun, go to Loch Ness, drown yourself. <laughs> on that on that cheerful note, we're going to call it a call it a wrap for this one. You've been listening to the Cut Kids Newsletter Speaks podcast. Unless uh, my good friend and colleague CBP has any parting thought, we thank all of you for your continued support for hitting the tip jar so generously. Keep it coming. We really appreciate it, and uh, we put it to good use. Not uh, not buying drugs for uh, for Harry Nibbles. Uh So for CBP, it's JJ Sefton. We'll see you on the next one. Ditto. Thank you so much for supporting us. Really appreciate it, and thanks for listening, folks. <laughs>